And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. Today we're going to be talking about training, um, reskilling, upskilling employees, um, you know, like at full scale, we have hundreds of employees and it's a never ending, uh, we'll call it opportunity to always be uh, training all of our employees. And uh, today with me is Chris Gunchash, who is a co-founder and CEO of Initial. And they have a really cool product that actually helps with that, that um, integrates with Pluralsight and YouTube and all sorts of different things to help bring uh, online learning uh, educational content together and uses AI. So be a cool conversation today. Do remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by FullScale. Hiring software developers is difficult. FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and af- and affordably. Please visit FullScale.io to learn more. Chris, welcome to the show from from Germany. Yes, thank you, thank you, Matt. Uh, thank you. Uh, hello, everyone. I don't I don't think I've ever had a guest on the show from Germany before, so this is a first first time. Wow! But you're you're actually from Poland, right? Yes, originally from Poland, but living here in Germany for now over eight years. But I, I have been to Poland once. I was in uh, Warsaw and uh, Krakow, I think, for like a week, um, many, many years ago, like 15 years ago or something. But how, how did you I, like it? My, my only memory is I got there. I don't remember exactly like what time of year it was, but I got there and then like the next day it snowed. And I want to say it snowed like six or 12 inches of snow. And all I remember is there were like thousands of people everywhere shoveling snow and like the snow did not phase anyone. And then there were giant trucks, like giant dump trucks full of snow, like hauling all the snow out of the city. That's all I remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that must have been like deep winter, right? It happens every year, though, like not not in Berlin. Berlin is uh, more like this dark and rainy and uh, like it's not uh, not as pretty as uh, as in Poland, but it's, it's a great city, though. Well, so I'm I'm excited to learn more about what your company does and talk more about um, self improvement and, and on you know ongoing education and stuff like that for employees. But first, tell us a little bit about your background and how did how did you um, what did you do before you started the company and what what was the kind of um, what gave you the idea to start the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure, uh, sounds good. Actually, uh, so I have a background. Um, in economics, but then I was a software engineer for a couple of years. We actually opened up a software agency with a couple of uh, friends. Um, we grew the company to up to 40 people. And at one point, um, I was, let's say, uh, more interested into looking into products and, 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 and services that we could offer um, to engineers, to um, uh, teams that we've been working with. Um, and this was also really, this was also the time when when at that time I started to create kind of a spin-off from the from the agency. It was called MVP Space. So we were working with 
say a lot of different new technologies at the time. And uh, we had teams working with JavaScript, teams working with Python, teams working with uh, other technologies. And uh, what happened is that we always needed to train the teams in those different areas, um, supporting them pretty much on a daily basis. There were new projects coming on from our customers and uh, we needed to support them uh, also with that. So there was this quick uh, moments of upskilling where a new project came in and we were like, hey, who can actually learn learn about this? So we were looking around um, who actually has the knowledge or where we can gain this knowledge uh, from. And this is actually where this idea of uh, Inential in, initially uh, came to came to life uh, and starting to, and we started to basically work on that or I started to work on that and um, looking into uh, how we could basically support uh, engineering teams or tech teams with better content, better approach to, towards learning. I I love this because you were solving your own problem. Yeah, right? exactly. You were using, exactly. you were solving your own problem, using your own expertise. Did did you guys look around for other solutions? Like, so before you had this, you before you built this product, how did you solve this problem before? Did you just buy Pluralsight or Udemy or something like that direct, or how did you do this yeah. before? So we would we would actually this is actually quite interesting. So we did a couple of things. So first of all, courses uh, like Pluralsight or Udemy. This was all, uh, this was by the way around eight years ago. So uh, okay. a while ago when we started to 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 really do this, there were a couple of platforms you know, for for online courses. This was like let's say the first thing that we we wanted to go for. But everyone wanted also a bit of a different thing, right? So you needed to like juggle around with the subscriptions and uh, with uh, what everyone wants uh, what to offer. We also had um, this, uh, let's say, mentoring structure where uh, those senior engineers would actually support uh, the junior engineers with uh, their needs. But also we were actually encouraging the junior engineers to be mentors. So we actually created this structure where uh, anyone could provide or create a small type of knowledge sharing session, even if they didn't necessarily know the topic very well. They could talk about the topic for 15 maybe 10, 10 minutes and then uh, train the others. And this was more like learning by teaching, let's say, which is actually very interesting because then you you need to be prepared when you're actually going to do a short uh, short presentation. So this was one way, obviously courses was, was one of the main main ways how we, how we approached it. Well, I love the fact that you were solving your own problem. You know, you saw the opportunity and, and decided to build something. I think it's one of the greatest ways that uh, businesses are, are created and, um, I've, I've told this story a few times, but like 20 years ago, I worked on some software for ticket brokers. So it was like resale of tickets for sporting sports events and concerts and stuff like that. And the owner, um, you know, mailed thousands of tickets a month, uh, a week, you know, via UPS and FedEx, DHL, stuff like that. And what he noticed is a lot of the packages weren't delivered on time. And he could get a refund if he'd go and fight the carrier to get a refund because it wasn't delivered for, you know, within two days or three days like it was supposed to be. And so we built that software or we built that functionality into the other software we built. And um, a, a few years later, he took just that part of the software and spun it out into another company and started auditing shipping uh, invoices for other companies. And that turned into a giant business he sold for like $100 million or something like that. Um but it's, it's cool, like, you know, seeing those problems and, and being able to build a solution specific, you know, for an industry and the expertise and all the things and then figuring out how to how to take it to market. 
I, I also feel like a lot of dev agencies, so it sounds like you had a dev agency, you said with about 40 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. A lot of dev agencies are always trying to build products. They like don't want to be dev agencies. <laughs> they want to be product companies. The one point, yeah. <laughs> and so t- tell me about that struggle for a minute. Yeah, so for us, uh, you know, we, we actually worked uh, primarily with the, the public public sector in Europe. So um, this was European Union, European Commission, European Space Agency. Um, and this was actually more on the personal side where, where I was like, all right, I'm actually more made for things that are looked maybe faster paced in the public sector. And uh, I was looking into, into opportunities, you know, how to basically leverage what we, what we already know and what we already have. Um, even actually because we, we've built a lot of, let's say, um, boilerplates and some, uh, let's say, software that we could already use. So we had already the building blocks even for that software that we initially initially created. Uh, but indeed, there is uh, loads of uh, companies, especially deaf agencies, uh, I can see actually in Poland that are uh, creating spin-offs directly from their agencies. And, uh, yeah creating some interesting products because they understand like, you know, same here, right? Like we literally had this problem and we literally were, were yeah. uh, um, struggling with that. Yeah. Well, so like at full scale, we built our own internal system we call rocks. And basically it's like an employee tracking system, kind of like you could see everybody's profiles, like resumes kind of stuff. And then we built an applicant tracking system into it. So when we go to hire people, we can do all this applicant tracking stuff and, they built a time clock and they started building all these different different things. But I think some of it is a byproduct of having, you know, bench time or extra resources, right? Like if you have a, a couple extra developers or whatever, you can give some you give them something to do and, and hopefully it becomes something valuable, you know, as a byproduct. Is that is that how you guys built some of this stuff was as bench was bench time or yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in case of financial, it was actually, we decided from the very beginning to um, to basically turn it into a separate company. So we okay. didn't really, um, let's say, use the resources that we had in the, in the agency. Because for us, this was also a decision like, hey, should we, let's say, focus then on, on financial or should we focus on the customer projects, right? And there is, uh, like, if you start seeing the opportunity, you, you can start let's say, cannibalizing yourself. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you yep. know, that could be an issue. So we were, we, so, from the very beginning, we decided to, to split it, basically. So do you still have that dev agency? So the dev agency is still uh, um, operating. I'm still partially, uh, let's say, involved, but let's say not operationally myself. Uh, the agency okay. is called VAT and uh, we're still still here on the, on the European market, yeah. Okay, very cool. Well, so tell us more about Initial and and what it does. We've talked we've talked about it a little bit here, but give us give us the uh, sixty second pitch. Sure, sounds good. Sounds good. So with Initial, we supporting uh, companies um, primarily, I would say, within the IT space, so IT consulting, IT IT services uh, companies with upskilling, reskilling, certification. So those topics that you might need uh, to service your customers to get more projects or to work on projects, let's say like certifications. And we actually providing so-called uh, an AI powered learning assistant so that the system can actually uh, uh, give you guidance of what kind of topics you can work on personally. So you can focus on your personal development as an engineer and you can figure out what what's best, what's what's the best thing that's, that's, that's the, the next best thing for you. Um, but it also can support companies on this more strategic initiatives. So let's say 
exactly like you might need certifications uh, for uh, let's say topics like AWS or Azure or others. We actually combine um, over 30 platforms, uh, 30 learning providers on on on, on Inential like Pluralsight, Udemy, Coursera, uh, DataCamp, and and others, and find you the best resources that can actually solve some of those uh, strategic initiatives or those personal development uh, topics. Um, and yeah, this is like, a, let's say the, the long story, uh, it's a short, a short story uh, of, of like what Inential basically does. Yeah. Well, what I love about it is you guys all, you can curate uh, across all of those, uh, right? And then we exactly. could upload our own videos, you know, so at full scale, this would be super useful for us because we have 300 employees, we have 200 and something software developers. And yeah, we're always, you know, trying to to train them, uh, upskill them on new things when they're between projects, or we hire some kind of entry level people sometimes fresh out of college. And we're, we send them through a fast track, like internship program that we do for a few months. Um, yeah, and, and but I, I love the idea of being able to use um, your product and creating those uh, kind of learning plans, you know, be it like this programming language or um, for us, it could be things like other communication skills or like interviewing skills or what, you know, whatever the mm -hmm. things are. But some of it would just be internal training. Like, what does it mean to work at full scale and what do we do and blah, 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 all the things. So um, I, I really love that. And tell me about there's so much content out there from all these different sources. But one of the one of the one of the things you told me the other day that I thought was really valuable is you guys can also help people just find and curate free content. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there is uh, so many different content uh, options that you have out there. Um, even on Inential it's, uh, uh, itself, we have over 60, 65,000 different courses uh, for, I think, over 1,200 skills at the moment. So anything from technical topics, uh, can be soft skill topics like communication or, or other, some really specialized uh, areas. Um, and finding the right resources can be really, really challenging. Um, same you when it comes to actually free or even paid resources. You you have platforms like Udemy that is providing a lot of different kind of options. You have platforms like Pluralsight, but you also have options that are free from actually EDX or YouTube or Medium or other other platforms. So for us, what we do, we basically take all of this content and look really at the at the quality of the content. Um, so we have a system that can actually check and validate um, if the content is, is good or not. We're using uh, NLP and, and, and AI for that to, to do this initial analysis, looking at all the data that, that is in each actually content um, piece, and then only the best content that is out there lands on, on the initial platform, and then it's delivered based on needs. And this is also like another, let's say, big chunk to making sure that we're providing the content directly to the specific needs of the individual person or the needs of, let's say, the organization that is currently looking for, let's say, you know, uh, let's say onboarding someone or upskilling those juniors who are just, just joining. So is some of the content duplicated? So for example, does somebody upload the exact same like 30 minute video to Udemy and the plural site and to potentially YouTube and like potentially you have the exact same video that's a multiple of these sites too? 
So typically, I would say, uh, that's a good question, but uh, typically I would say no. Uh, normally, let's say the content is, uh, is uh, limited to, the, to, to this particular um, provider. Okay. Uh, it could be though, right? We, we actually don't, don't know for sure if, let's say, the content from Udemy and, and YouTube, if someone, let's say the, the person who, is up, who has uploaded content to Udemy has also uploaded it to YouTube and our algor algorithm found out that it's the same, it's obviously not going to be there. But then if it's, uh, if it's something different, maybe different description, different titles, it could end up on the platform. Oh, just curious. So I have a friend here in Kansas City. His name is Corey House, um, who has created a lot of videos on Pluralsight. They're actually some of the most popular videos on Pluralsight. And I don't know how much money he makes right now from Pluralsight, but at one time, I think he was making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or something crazy from his videos that he made and just published on there. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, it's insane. Some of these content creators can make a huge amount of money for creating super high quality content and putting them on these platforms too, which is its own um, interesting monetization strategy. Just like you have uh, great content uh, creators on YouTube that, that make money. Um, there's a couple of them I follow that publish new videos every couple of days and they get like, hundreds of thousands of views and stuff. So um, do you guys continually pull in new videos from YouTube? Like, how do you deal with that part of it? Because there's like new videos every day. And how do you how do you figure out which ones are good and which ones to pull in? Yeah, so for, for us, uh, we have a content team that actually makes sure to uh, look at specific publications. So for example, YouTube is a, is a very specific case because if we would just, let's say, pull all the content that is out there, that might be tricky. So we're actually looking at publications that we know are providing uh, quality content. So, for example, Free Code Camp has you know videos and and other materials that we could um, we could uh, provide. Or there are other publications for, for let's say business topics or sales topics that we actually uh, digging into, and um, not let's say like the entire um, YouTube library. Same for example for 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 Udemy. Like there to make sure that we have a let's say quality content. We're also looking only at content that is rated higher than 4.2, I think, at this time. Um, so this content that is, let's say, uh, rated lower or actually has no ratings would not end up on Inential because then also like we, we wouldn't know if it's a quality content or not. So if I, I, I can't wait to go in there and I want to I see if there's like a whole growth plan of like watching Mr. Beast videos. <laughs> is is that is that a plan? I want to I'm going to try that. <laughs> could be, could be exactly. <laughs> um, so, what? How do you guys sell your product? Um, how do you how do you charge for it? Yeah, so we have uh, let's say a normal SaaS uh, license uh, licenses. Um, so we we sell those let's say packages of let's say 50, 100, 150 um users so to access uh the the product um so this is pretty much uh, depends on the on the size let's say we have a uh, this starter pack option that costs 200 euros 200 dollars um a month this is what you can start with up to 50 uh, 50 users um and then uh, normally the company who is working with us would use their training budget or learning budget so this budget that you dedicate for individual employee um 
to basically train and you use those budgets to purchase individual resources. But what's interesting about us is that we don't charge you for, let's say, yearly subscriptions with Pluralsight or Udemy or others. So you only buy what you actually need from those providers for that particular period of time. And that's actually what's... Uh, What's pretty interesting because many times when it comes to learning, uh, the challenge is that it's not being, let's say, courses and platforms are not being used throughout the entire year. You only use it in those particular moments when you actually need it. So let's say someone is not on a project and it's on the bench or like it's in, in this in-between time that, that we talked about. Um, then it's the moment when probably you will jump into courses and, and learn uh, more about something new or completely change maybe your, your profile because this is where you have the time. Well, so it, as I mentioned before at FullScale, we've got 300 employees that, that do software development for other people and we're, we're always trying to train them. And we we have been using Pluralsight and it's definitely a challenge when you have 300 employees because you're like, I don't want to buy a license for you know 300 of them or 200 of them if they're not all going to use it. Right, like Pluralsight's not cheap. I don't remember. Is it like five hundred dollars a year or something like that? I don't remember what the number is, but it's it's several hundred dollars. Yeah, it's several hundred dollars. Um, and you really need the ability to like one month, like thirty people are going to use it, and the next month, like fifty people will use it or whatever, and and kind of move it around. And that has always been one of my challenges with Pluralsight for the last like ten plus years when I've had employees. Is is like. I don't want to buy licenses for everybody because I know not everybody's going to use it. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like one of the biggest problems that your your company, your product actually solves is that, is being able to say, you know, we know we need training for a lot of people, but different people use it different months. So you guys can help optimize that spend and that expense. So to that degree, I feel like it will pay for your, pays for your product, right? Like we're going to save money on Pluralsight um, and then we can pay a few dollars for your for your product, and you're actually going to help us save money on Pluralsight. You kind of see that as one of your biggest benefits. Yeah, this is definitely one of those one of the big ones. Uh, but also the fact that you can actually access different providers, so you're not only yeah, let's say using Pluralsight, but some providers, um, let's say for cloud, are way better uh, than Pluralsight, and some providers for let's say more business topics. Uh, let's say like even Udemy, is just a separate thing. So you would need to really have multiple different subscriptions to actually cover all the needs that you might have in your organizations. So that's, I think, another thing that is, is very, very valuable with, with, with our product. It's also kind of da- it's also kind of dangerous. It's like not not that not dangerous, dangerous, but it's also kind of dangerous from an expense perspective, right? Because you could go in and be like, "Hey, I need a license to Pluralsight, and I need a license to Udemy, and I need a license to Coursera," and it's like now you spend two hundred dollars a month because you're mm-hmm. using all these yeah. things, right? So when when I say dangerous, it's just from an expense perspective. You have to be kind of careful of like, okay, we really want content probably from one of those providers otherwise you're it's it's like living in the u.s today you got to pay for hulu and you got to pay for netflix and paramount exactly Plus same. and yeah. apple tv it's like we're paying for all of them all of a sudden right um yeah. isn't there enough exactly shit to watch thing. isn't there enough shit to watch on one of these things like why do i gotta pay for all of them but um it would it would be great if in the future 
all of those different providers, instead of charging per month, would charge like per stream or, or viewing or more like consumption based would be nice because you're like, I just need one video from Udemy and two videos from yeah. this and whatever. But but the business model then is not not uh, adding up for them as well, right? That's, yeah. the, that's always the, the challenge here. So that's why. I think, you know, with Udemy, this is more or less what you could do, what you can do, right? You can buy just a single single uh, course uh, and then you don't need to buy those those yearly licenses. But still, let's say if you're, you know, if you keep on using the platform, it might make more sense to to, to buy it yearly. You know, what's interesting is like we, we see, especially with, with larger companies, larger customers of ours, they have used let's say three or four or five different subscriptions for LinkedIn Learning, Udemy, Pluralsight, Acloud Guru, some other providers. And, you know, it, it all adds up and they are, let's say, you know, overlapping at one point because you basically are using um, like LinkedIn Learning and let's say Udemy. Sometimes that their courses might be very, very similar, but still, you know, if it's a larger organization, they already have purchased uh, these licenses and they have, uh, you know, one year or two years of, of uh, contracts that they, that they do. So what we're trying to do is to basically optimize this, as you, as you mentioned, as I mentioned, and uh, making it accessible to everyone so that you can access all these courses, all these providers without having to really you know, struggle in a sense of uh, setting up all of these different contracts and, and having those yearly licenses uh, for everyone. So your, um, your largest customer today, how many employees do you think they have um, that may use your platform? Do you have customers with thousands of employees? Yeah, so I think the, the, the largest one at the moment is over 2,000 or 2,500 uh, employees. Uh, so it's a company here here in Europe, um, Nortal, actually. Uh, they have been using us since two years now. And uh, exactly, they have actually teams all over the all, all over the globe and and uh, are using us uh, for skilling certifications, reskilling their, their teams. So, you know, at full scale, we're not at that level yet. We're at 200 something, almost 300 employees. But I can definitely appreciate the problems when you have like hundreds and thousands of employees of constantly need to reskill and upskill employees. You know, when you just have like 10 people, it's not as big, big of a thing. And you're like, oh, I need to teach one person about something. You don't really think much about it. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll teach it, teach this one guy this thing. But when you got hundreds of people or thousands of people like us or Nortel or whatever, um, it's like a never ending, never ending challenge. You're like, okay, AI came out. How do I teach everyone to use AI and what, how mm -hmm. does that affect their yeah. job? Right. So like at full scale, we've had to, some, we've had some of our employees create our own content about using AI with different programming languages and GitHub's copilot and chat GPT and things like that, which is great. We, you know, it's not super high quality content. Love you guys if you're listening, but it's not super high quality content, but it's content. Um, um, but it's it's a never ending set of of challenges to to train right, and so that's that's where it's like be great to use your platform of like hey how do we go find super high quality content you know on AI and ChatGPT and all that stuff that was done by like professional and you know kind of instructors and content creators who are super good at what they do um, that that we can show to our team and, and train them all these things. But like AI, I think is a great example of something that just comes kind of out of nowhere that especially for software developers, it's like, 
how would we use AI to like build products, improve products, right? But then how do we use AI to like write code? How do we use AI to help us do things with our job that aren't just writing code, but like soft skills or writing emails or research or, I mean, I use it all the time for just like, how do I, how do I do this thing with Google's API? Like I use, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, it's like the cheat code for looking at docs. Like instead of going and digging through docs, like just ask it and it like magically knows, right? Like there's so many things. And um, I would imagine you, you've had to talk to several customers that like AI has to be one of the big topics that somebody would use, you know, a, you know, a product like yours. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's, uh, it all comes down to the strategy that the company has, right? So let's say if, like, you know, we work with those IT services companies and if their customers are now all of a sudden requesting anything about AI, which is actually the case, right? Like you, you probably also have uh, had it in, in your company, Matt. It's like you, you have your customers talking about generative AI or other topics and now you're like, all right, and I need to get, uh, get the generative AI topic uh, going. So what's the best way to actually do it, right? So you can, of course, uh, record your own uh, videos, which you can also upload to Enential and 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 then uh, distribute it to everyone, especially if you have a larger team, right? So you want to make sure that everyone is on on it on the topic. Uh, but you can also use existing materials like high quality stuff that is out there being produced regularly by um, content producers, those guys who are you know doing it professionally, and they make sure that this is a quality stuff that you're going to learn. Uh, quickly, but it's it's really a variety of topics. We see that sometimes it could be something related to cloud. Sometimes it could be uh, more, let's say, soft skill, power skill related topics. Uh, like recently, we had this uh, case with one of our customers who talked about um, how to quickly provide interview training for uh, the teams that are uh, now in between projects. So especially in IT services, now, when you're in between projects, uh, sometimes in in some business models, you might want to have your engineers being interviewed uh, by the customer, right? And then the customer wants to talk to the to talk to the engineer. But as you know, you know sometimes engineers, let's say, are maybe not the most uh, interview. Um, uh, let's say the people who are more happy to do interviews uh, and uh, are good at it. Um, so it's good to actually help them out a little bit, right? Like help them out with um, providing them some training on that. So this is one of the cases, right? Which is not really strictly technology related, but also also related to, to topics that are relevant uh, and, and not not really just, just tech. So changing topics a little bit, I'm curious, how do you, how do you sell your product? So as entrepreneurs, especially software developer types like us, like we can create products, we're good at create, creating them, um, having product vision, solving our own problems, just like you. But then there's this huge challenge of like, how do I actually sell this thing? And mm-hmm. a lot of people overlook that part of it. They get enamored with the problem. They go they go build a, a product. But how, how do you guys sell sell what you do? 
Yeah, I think this this has been the 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 biggest learning I would say uh, on my end because you know coming also from the from the service uh, industry first uh, where you know it's relatively simple because I mean simpler I would say it's not simple it's simpler um, where you you have your service you know someone is that service you sell the service you know and here you know with product it's it's a little bit more navigating around use cases what people exactly want and 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 what they need what kind of problems are you solving. So for us uh, recently, this is a recent thing, what has been a biggest uh, shift is to really narrow down our niche. And so we were actually going a bit broader when it comes to tech. So now we decided, all right, we are actually going to focus only on the IT services, IT consulting, so the the dev shops, um, because we understand those problems much better and we can uh, target this type of customers way way better. So we actually like like if we go to practicalities, like we do... Uh, experiment with several channels. Um, so first of all, you know, simply just outreach is, is one of the the main channels. I would say email, LinkedIn, mixed calls. Uh, this is like one of the one of the let's say bread and butter kind of uh, channel. But we also produce a lot of uh, or started to produce a lot of content. So uh, content uh, partnerships, content um, uh, that we have on our um, blog on our platform. Um, um, that we are distributing, we're seeing a lot of that is also bringing us uh, bringing us leads, and we want to now. This is like a let's say a push in that uh, direction, um, but we're also experimenting a lot. So a, a recent thing that we introduced in our team is is this experimentation mindset that is changing significantly how we think about uh, sales, uh, where we're running those like two weeks experiments of different channels or different. Uh, um ways how we can basically approach uh, and whatever hits we basically go that direction uh, i would say that's that's the that's the current approach so like, long long story short it's 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 tricky it's tricky the thing is the trickiest uh, part of the of the of of of, of the business to, to get it get it right well i talk about this a lot on my blog and on linkedin and if you guys don't follow me on linkedin just look up matt watson on linkedin i post stuff every day um about for me, the easiest part about business and software business, a lot of times is writing the code. It's, you know, knowing what code to write is its own set of problems and and um, the, the challenge of the product and how the product should work and how to architect it. Like all of those are, are problems. And are, those are really hard problems to solve. I feel like the, actually writing the code is the easiest part. But the hardest part of all is the go-to-market strategy. Like how do we sell this thing, right? Um, exactly. And so you know, you kind of described how it's working for you now and some of those challenges, but I guess I'm curious um, from the time that you guys started selling, like you built the product, you started selling it. Did you have any of the go-to-market figured out or it took you another year or two to kind of figure out the go-to-market or? Yeah. So for us, you know, when we started, um, when we started selling the product, um, we actually did this, the biggest mistake or maybe not, the biggest mistake, but the biggest learning that we've had so far, when it comes to 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 product, is how to what kind of problem you're solving for for your audience, right? So this is like we've built a product that that was based on interviews, but these interviews has have not been done properly in the first place. So then yeah. we build a, the wrong product, you know, and we started to sell that product, and we were like, okay, it's not selling. So what what is what's happening, you know? Yeah. So we really needed to take a step back and trying to understand, like, all right, so what's what's wrong? Like, what are we doing? Like, trying to redo the interview process, trying to understand deeper the user, the the segment, the 
uh, the use case. And that was kind of, let's say, unlocking it. I mean, I don't say it's completely unlocked, but slowly started to unlock for us the 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 the, the, the sales process. So I would say, you know, when we thought about you know the go to market. We're like, oh yeah, so like first, you know, with this idea, so like naively, like, all right, we're gonna go and we're just gonna sell because we know we build this based on like interviews, you know, and we know like yeah. we know the audience. Everybody so, needs like, this. No problem. Everybody, Everybody needs, needs this. this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then it was like, yeah, actually, <laughs> it's not not what any anybody needs actually. And and then we had to like completely restructure and, and change and and uh, I think where we are right now, it's already like it's it's been I think two years or or, or more that we've been experimenting and changing and adapting. And uh, this, is, uh, this is, I think it's, it's a long process. It's a good learning though. So originally, were you trying to sell to, uh, to, were you trying to originally target a different type of customer or were you just trying to target everyone? Yeah, so we were going after, I would say, the general tech we set. Uh, so this is basically customers who could be startups, could be scale-ups, could be, let's say, IT services firms, could be actually tech teams in, in enterprises. So we went all over the place a little bit and started to narrow it down, narrow it yeah. down. And uh, really this narrowing it down is, is I think, the most, the most relevant thing. Like going into like one niche um, is very, very helpful. So even like you don't have really the brain capacity to like think about five different niches and or 10 different niches uh, it's just way easier for for yeah i mean you know maybe you have the brain capacity but there is still the team who that needs to support you and and like discussing it with everyone is way easier well if it's, you have it, one issue. it's like the product is probably 80 percent the same right but there's a little bit that's different yeah. and some of it's exactly. just the term it's the terminology and the specific value proposition right like if you're selling to a, a dev agency it's easy to like speak that language and have the right messaging around that versus if you're also like, hey, you have thousands of manufacturing employees that you need to get certified and learn how to use equipment mm -hmm. or whatever, like whatever, whatever the things are, that's sort of like a different, different, you know, value proposition. Like potentially the software does both, but, you know, going across industries and verticals like that, you have to make everything kind of more generic. But when you make things more generic, you kind of don't sell to anybody in their language, right? Like that, that's the hard part. And also, you know, understanding deeper the problems that the customer has, right? So if we're going into, you know, IT, IT consulting or, uh, you know, dev shops, like we're trying to understand, all right, like they're selling to this type of customer. And then when they're selling to the customers, like what happens? Like what do they really need to do? You know, so for example, we've learned like topics like certifications are very, very important yeah. for certain types of dev shops right not for everyone actually but like for certain types where they're selling to customers who actually require those certifications or maybe they want to sell their services for for premium and they say right you know we're aws certified or we're microsoft certified and uh, that way we also you know this is only the one way how we can uh, really deeply understand the, the customers is to really uh, narrow down on that niche well i i love it and you know, this is a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Fullscale. And, you know, I think we definitely could use your guys' product to certify our employees on all the different things, be it Azure and AWS and programming languages and all these things. And we do some of that stuff today, but I think your guys' platform would, would help us organize and do that in a more effective way. And so I'm, I'm definitely a fan of what you're doing. And uh, if anybody needs to hire software developers and grow their team, please keep us in mind. We've got 300 uh, hardworking, uh, very talented employees that work for a lot of different people doing a lot of different things and, and we can help 
Um, so Chris, what do you, what do you see as the, what is the future? What is the next step for, for your company? Yeah. So for, for us, you know, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, we, we are a, we say we are basically a learning assistant, so we can support you pretty much as an, as an, as an extra team member who is working for you uh, within this learning space that pretty much does a lot of different things. So uh, having this integration, uh, I mean, we already integrate with AI for topics like uh, analyzing what kind of needs you have individually or recommending you the content. But we see in the future that uh, really going deeper into, into becoming pretty much, let's say, AI-oriented uh, company and that, that learning assistant is quite relevant. Um, we obviously, you know, trying to now, with trying to go for different markets. So we've been approaching Europe, but now we're also going a little bit uh, broader and uh, trying to see how is it in the in the US market for us. Um, so that's definitely going to be an important, an important uh, step. Um, yeah, I think those are like the, the main things at the moment. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. Um, I always like to end the show and ask if you have any other final words of wisdom for other entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as we were talking about it, find your niche. I think that's, uh, that's the, the, the most recent one from that I've learned and uh, that, that really unlocked um, a lot of things. So, so having that, um, you know, finding that niche, that segment that, that works for you, um, going too broad is, is, is difficult. Going, uh, you know, a bit narrower simplifies your life and uh, you can actually achieve much, much more with that. Absolutely. That's fantastic advice. Well, everybody, this was Chris Gunshash from Anential and his company is I-N-N-E-N-T-I-A-L.com um, from Berlin. So um, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Matt. It was great talking to you. See you, everyone. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.